Welcome back to the Spencerberg Podcast. It is currently Friday. Uh, what's the date? It's it's just Friday. It's, it's Friday. Uh, April, <laughs> it's April 17th. It's Friday every day here at the office. Pretty much. Today's pretty busy, though. Yeah, Fridays are always busy for us. I uh, got in early this morning. I'm super tired, man. I woke up early at like 6.30, did my hour and a half commute. Dude, this morning on my drive, I had so much like i had a really good playlist of music going and it went by like so quickly it was the fastest drive i've ever had here yeah it's just good music there was probably no traffic too because you were up so early zero well there's a little bit getting on the five but it frees up after like once you get to like the the boobies the boobies the san onofre boobies so yeah happy friday man welcome to the podcast thank you guys for tuning in episode number 13 today we have a couple cool topics to talk about we have a lot of technical data that we're going to go over. So it's going to be a very a very good podcast for the audio listeners because it's going to be very, very detailed. Um, Parker, I want you to look at this truck that we have. The, the first topic we're talking about is the 2021 Rivian R1T truck. It's the all-new electric truck, mid-sized, and also an SUV. What do you think of that thing? Because look at the back end. Yeah, that thing looks insane. I haven't even heard of this before. So is Rivian like a newer company yeah so it's an it's basically a, an american startup brand that started with uh that i guess their first vehicle is going to be an electric pickup truck which you can put a deposit down on right now and they're going to be building them very soon but um i found this truck maybe like eight or nine months ago and i found them on social media i, I was like man this thing looks so cool uh to give you guys a, a breakdown of what it is uh it's a mid-sized american truck that promises more than 400 miles of driving range per charge. And they also promise, or they say that acceleration times are comparable to supercars, uh, usually around three seconds or so. Be, having a truck that can do that kind of speed. It's probably really heavy too. I know having a, a heavy truck like that, they say it's the same size as the new Ford Ranger. So it's a midsize truck. It's not, it's not like your big, like 2,500. It's more of like a midsize, um, like a, a cruiser truck, nothing too crazy. Yeah. It'll go on sale late 2020 uh, with fully loaded options. Uh, you can do a, a ton of different um, kits. It looks like the the one that they go by kilowatts, which is like the power. Isn't that what Tesla does? Yeah, yeah, it's like a different uh, unit of me- measurement. But I don't I don't really know how to kind of compare that to horsepower or torque. Well, they say that with the 135 kilowatt model, it'll be the quickest one they have that has 754 horsepower. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, and that's, it's claimed to do zero sixty in three seconds flat. That's crazy. Supercar, like literally supercar numbers in a truck. I wonder how that like that uh that'll fare for like towing something though, because well, obviously like the four hundred mile range is really cool, but that's probably without towing. So they say they're going to sell directly to consumers, and they'll have a network of service centers like Tesla, um, all wheel drive is standard, and this is crazy. The each axle is powered by its own electric motor, and they say that since each each axle has their own motor, it allows for a tank turn, which sets the electric motors to rotate the left wheels in the opposite direction of the right wheels to spin on its axis. That's so cool. So you could literally just sit in one spot and twist and turn. Yeah. Like where? What would you? What situation? Like when you pull up to like a LA takeover, you just go in the middle <laughs> and just start doing donuts that yeah, way. You don't even need that. I guess it would be for like. It would make sense for really tight turns if you have a long trailer on the back, you know, because like some of them, like if you're going around like a hairpin or something, that might be useful. Yeah. Um, what a strange thing to have. That's just a flex, I feel like. I feel like when that comes out, so many people are going to do that for like Instagram videos. Yeah. 
but it's cool though. It, nonetheless, it has these cool options that are different. Adjustable air suspension will be standard. Towing capacity will vary on which version you get, but it says it can tow up to 11,000 pounds, but it will deplete the battery much faster having a heavy load like that. Um, so this is what like the Tesla truck pretty much should have been and should have looked like a, a normal looking vehicle yeah, on the road. Not not the crazy, whatever. <laughs> this thing has like a, I forgot. I think it's Star Trek or, or RoboCop. The back end looks like RoboCop. It has one long LED across the entire thing oh, yeah, it does. with huge lettering that says Rivion. Uh, it, it looks very futuristic, has a silver rear diffuser, has some big wheels on the front end is, it looks like a Dyson vacuum. Yeah, what's up with those holes? What is that? I think those are adaptive cruise control um, autopilot. Oh, okay. It has like the sensors as the headlights, and then it has one big beam across the front like RoboCop too. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, it's not like a pretty car, but it's doesn't look bad for sure. I think it's very unique. The interior looks very futuristic. It has really cool patterns on the seat. The infotainment system uh, pretty much like a Tesla. Just imagine the monitor flips sideways and same with the, the speedometer. It looks like they have uh, some lane assist. It looks like the car's in the middle of a lane. Uh, I think it's a great truck, but my question is that I put here in my notes is that what's going to happen to the, the truck game? What, what will this do for construction companies, farmers? How will it affect the sales of trucks like Chevy, GMC, Ford, and Dodge? And will those companies follow in the, the footsteps of being electric along with how will it affect Tesla? I mean, that's a lot to go over, but if you think about it, man, like this thing may change the game. Yeah, that's true. And I think, um, cause obviously it looks like there's like a pickup truck version and then, right. Well, the, am I looking at this wrong? So the first one in the pictures is just the oh, pickup the, truck, the truck and then the SUV. Okay. And they, they offer the Rivian R1S, which is the SUV version. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the SUV would make more sense cause like. People go on road trips. Some of them bring like, uh, like uh, I don't know. They'll bring like an ATV or jet ski or something like that. So I think that would sell better. Um, but I think there needs to be more like for it to, for farmers and stuff to use. I think it needs to be more focused around like, uh, I guess utility and not as much have like all the gimmicks like the screens and stuff. But I think eventually it will get to the point where. Uh, these kind of electric pickup trucks are super nice and even like the workforce are using them. I want, I'm wondering what it'll be like in LA when there's construction and you just see like eight of these uh, whole entire fleet outside of a construction site. So weird. <laughs> Everything's plugged in uh, electric and solar panels and everything. I I'm curious to know though, because right now when Tesla came, well, when Tesla came out, I feel like what happened is the Prius game went downhill. Like Priuses were getting completely destroyed. And now you drive um, Newport Beach, San Diego, L.A., you're going to see, I wouldn't say te- I'd say hundreds of Teslas Yeah. no matter where you go. That's just the normal. Like, that's how it is out here. So think about when an electric truck comes into the game. How is that going to change? Because the Model X took over the SUVs. Not took over, but they were definitely dominating. The Model S, the Model um, Y now. There's so many Teslas that, like, what's going to happen when the truck market comes out? And then... Tesla has a semi truck coming too. So I'm curious to know what this will do for all these trucks. And I guess the, the actual truck game or industry right now. Yeah. Cause so many people buy trucks every year and like a lot of people buy the, like kind of bigger SUVs, like Escalades, the GMC variants, like Suburbans and, yeah. and, uh, I don't know. There's like all, pretty much all the American manu- manufacturers make like a big SUV. And that's what I see this like replacing mm-hmm. for sure. 
and it is a little bit more expensive but in terms of like a a nice diesel truck like a uh chevy 2500 hd those are 70 grand yeah and so you know these are the prices about there yeah the price for these uh start at seventy thousand dollars based on what kilowatt engine you want you can do 105 135 and 180 uh, looks like the 180 kilowatt is $80,000. So depends on what you get, but that's how it is with Tesla. You get different motors, different power, different options. And obviously you can do different specs and things like that. So I, I think it's going to do pretty well in nicer areas. I'd say a higher demographic, but I don't know how this will do. And, uh, just overall around the U S so we'll, we'll see though. I'm sure we'll see a lot in California. Yeah, definitely. SUV is cool though. I would definitely see the SUV doing well. Um, pretty much anywhere. Yeah, I think so too. So, uh, I was scrolling on Instagram. I follow this account called GT Open. They're a race car page that features all of the most recent racing news, uh, things that are happening in GT racing, the Mons, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I stumbled upon uh, something that really intrigued me. I found the Team Lazarus Bentley Continental GT3 race car that hasn't had um, any livery put on it. It's just a bare shell. How sick does that thing look? It looks really cool. It's very sinister and when you see a bentley you don't think of race car but bentley does really well in the gt3 series they have really good drivers they've done a lot of um uh they have history with a lot of different racing and they've been around for a long long time so they definitely know what they're doing but i was super intrigued by this gt3 race car just because how scary it looks most bentleys are just like cruiser and comfortable cars but this thing is sinister yeah even that uh i think it was a gt3 r the, yeah. the one that we drove mm -hmm. or you drove um, but I got a ride in it. Um, even that doesn't look too aggressive. Yeah. So like, yeah, this looks way different and yeah, I Parker and it I, suits it a lot more. Parker and I had the chance to take a, uh, Bentley GT3 R to a car show and the, the car definitely drove well. It has huge front rotors and very comfortable in here, but has carbon fiber doors and has like all the livery on it. And it's more of like the street car that you could have, but those cars were way overpriced. They didn't do well. Nobody bought them. Nobody knew what they were because yeah. no one really knew about Bentley GT racing. Yeah. So it's just kind of an oddball. But um, this Bentley, they're going into the 2020 season with a new generation of the Bentley GT. It's a new body style. This one's a little bit different. They tweaked the rear end, the front end. Uh, the street car looks much, much, much better compared to the previous gen. Uh, this car has a 4.0 liter twin turbo V8 with a Cosworth engine management system. Sets at about 550 horsepower, dry sump oil system, rear-wheel drive, has a Ricardo six-speed sequential longitudinal gearbox. It's a lot to say. That's cool. AP Racing Clutch, Elcon six-piston front calipers, has an FIA roll cage made out of steel. If you ever get the chance, I'll, I'll put a picture right here, but if you ever have an opportunity to look at um, FIA roll cages, they're insane. Yeah. The, the, the welds, the way they're set up, I mean, that you get into an... I've seen accidents before of those flipping and there's not even, they don't even dent. Oh yeah. They're so well tested. Like they're designed to be flipped upside down and slammed into stuff at like 180 miles an hour. Yeah. You think about the engineering behind that, that imagine when you put um, a bunch of roll cage parts together, like the, the beams or the bars, there's different positioning that can help with different fractures and different impact points. Yeah. Think about all the engineering that goes behind that. That's crazy. That's very impressive. And then obviously FIA basically means that if you enter into um, an actual race where it's like a real race with, with race cars, 
you have to be approved with like your fire suppression system with how much your car weighs. Uh, you have to weigh the driver. There's all these qualifications you have to have in order to qualify to race in a different series. Um, and, and this car is like, uh, these are beyond perfect race cars. Uh, has an onboard fire extinguisher, pneumatic jack system. So all you do is you on the rear end or wherever the, the point is, you take a, an air jack or an air system and you plug it in and there's four points under the car that raise the car off the ground to change the tires. So you never have to put a jack under the car. Uh, Parker, you should do it to your car. Yeah, I'd be down for that. <laughs> I mean, it only makes sense just for a, a base model system. 335. <laughs> Imagine pulling up to work and you just push your car off the ground in front of all the, like a bunch of people and like, what is it that car doing? <laughs> That'd be sick. That'd be good for, for uh, your tire changes. Yeah. The ones that I do like probably once a year. <laughs> just seems worth it. Uses mobile one oil, has a lightweight race battery, uh, BBS forged 18 by 13 inch rims. Damn. That is definitely a wide body to fit that. Um, the wing on the back is so sick too. There's so much arrow involved in this car. Yeah. Like all the louvers, the front, look at the front bumper has five different layers. It looks like. That's crazy. Man. And all the plexiglass windows and it's pretty light too. 1300 kilograms. Yeah. So, uh, Runs a 355 7018 tire. How does that work? 70 sidewall? That's, yeah, that's huge. No, that doesn't say, I mean, that's what I, I pulled this from the UK website, so maybe it's different, but. No, that sounds right. I mean, a lot of these cars run like a huge sidewall. Just yeah. Just for like, actually, I'm not, I don't know the specifics behind it, but I maybe know. Someone in the comments can tell us. Yeah. It weighs 1300 kilograms. I don't know how much that is in pounds. Parker, you want to convert that? Yeah, 1,300 times 2.2. That's what you get. I'm not good at math. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll get the exact number. Is that 2,800 pounds? 2,851, I'm guessing? That's total guess. 2,860. Oh, I was only nine off. And that was a complete guess. Yeah. So I, I ran across when I was looking at all this information to tell you guys about this car. If you go to the Bentley website, they have a whole program where you can buy one of these cars. So you can literally go on there. You can buy the the race car, which has no livery, just as you see it, as it is, fully built race car. They say, if you're interested in purchasing a Continental GT3, you can go to their website and you can email the motorsports company. The car is available at 418,000 euros and a 30% deposit can secure a build slot. So you got to put down 30%. They'll build the car for you, give you a time frame, and then I'm, I'm assuming you pay for the rest when you get the car. Um, to help you make the most of the racing season, a number of spare packages are available. They can also tailor a bespoke support package to suit your requirements, which means if you need spare tires, if you need spare seats, if you need steering wheels, if you need body kits, body panels, hoods, they can supply as many spares as you need. And also, they can support you with a team. So if you need... Uh, pit crew lane or if you, need, if you need a pit crew to help you someone to check the tire pressure and the, the the data they can supply all this for you think about when you have that kind of money where you're like yeah i need a support team yeah that's not cheap oh yeah and i feel like mostly the people that get into uh kind of like gt3 racing or have the money to buy cars like this already have a team yeah you know like because i don't know when you go into motorsport i feel like you need a set team that you can rely on and you and you know will work you can mesh with them well yeah yeah so that's cool that they offer that for maybe someone that's trying to get into more racing 
I would do that this. Has the money for it. I mean, having a company that you can go to and say, "Hey, I have the money. I want you guys to build me a race car. I want you to support me. Here's what we can do. I want to. I want to go in. So, um, you can arrange a test day to go to the United Kingdom or UK national circuit, and they can run you through the car, give you the rundown, and take delivery of your Bentley GT3, which is uh, that'd be a crazy delivery. I want to look on YouTube if anyone does has done that before. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe we should do that. I'm in. Um, so to finish off the talk about the Bentley, uh, they also offer a motorsports academy, which is even more tailored to you. I'll make this one quick. They offer a year-long program, which offers on and off track content, including a season of competition in the GT World Challenge, the Endurance Cup, as well as GT3. Uh, I guess basically what it's saying is that they're offering all these things for you where they have fitness training, media and brand ambassador training, simulator coaching, uh, engineering courses you can take and mentoring from a Bentley works team racing driver. So they can go all out and say, we'll give you everything you need in order to be a race car driver. That's so cool from Bentley. That's, that's fully set up. I'm pretty sure like, do you think every company kind of offers this, like Ferrari and Lamborghini? I'm sure they do to an extent, but I think Bentley publishes a lot more than anybody else. Yeah, because I haven't seen like this much info on it. I know Squadra Corsa has, they have like a thing you can do with Lambo, but um, I don't know. But here, here's Team Lazarus. That's their livery, the blue and black carbon, which looks really good. I'm sure they'll run some more sponsors on there, but that's kind of what it would look like. And uh, I had the opportunity of spending time with a, a GT3 race car about four years ago or five years ago at symbolic when i worked there and i took a bunch of photos of the car and i'll include it here but this was like when i posted it dude i had so many race car enthusiasts come into the dealership and look at it oh yeah that thing's sick i don't think i ever saw that in person yeah it was one of the that was one of the first times i had um time to really sit in that thing and just look at it and i i fell in love i couldn't believe how crazy built these things are that's super cool yeah it's just a shell parker you want to talk about this car for sale that i found oh yeah this is sweet okay alpine white over secure orange fadm3 um yeah this thing looks insane i really like this the orange interior i guess it's like red kind of looks more red to me um i think it looks really good with like kind of a subtle exterior color like gray or white or black just because it pops out so much more um it's a pretty good price for that it's a 2017 model yeah, so I found, uh, I was searching car gurus and I found a 2017 F80 M3 with 27,000 miles on it, priced at 55,000. It's a two owner car, Alpine white over secure orange, and it's a beautiful spec. I originally thought it was like a chalk color, but the, uh, I don't know what the photographer was doing with the editing. I saw it just kind of briefly. One of the nicest specs I've seen, I've considered an F80 M3 for a while and I've gone back and forth, but um, I'm going to push a little bit more to my E92 and just see how it is. But this car is located in uh, in Thousand Oaks, so it's pretty close. And I I really want to go check some of these cars out in person once all this stuff blows over. Definitely. Yeah, I think we should go make some videos on potential cars for sale or something that you're interested, stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, I want to go to Porsche Irvine and see some GT3s there because they have a lot of good inventory. But I like the the thing about the F80 that I like the most is the body lines. The, The car, I don't think, has any bad angles. No, yeah, I think... They they nailed the design on these. Um, obviously, there's just like some things that people don't like about them. I was actually reading some stuff on a Facebook group this morning, and it's so funny to see how conflicting like this car is. I guess for people, like some people love it and think it's like probably one of the best M3s, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. that BMW's ever built, and some people would just hate it. I mean, it's usually the people that have generation before or just people who just don't like the car in general or, or people just don't, don't even own one. I think you really need to own one and spend time with it to understand that it, it's a, a special car. And I didn't really know much about the M3, the E92 or E90 till I got one. And then yeah. my opinions changed completely. Yeah. I feel like you can't really fully judge a car until you've owned it for a couple of months yeah. or a year or so. Spend time with it and understand it, drive it around town, put it in your garage. Like I think you really have to appreciate it for what it is. And I, I would love, like, that's why I'm so open to an F80. You know, there's, there's one thing I don't like about the car and there's 97 things I love about the car. So exactly. you got to look at it. Like, even though the sound isn't that great, dude, it's, it do, you're going to get such a good car for the money and so much performance for the money too. Yeah. I mean, the sound definitely never will compare to a V8 that's in your car, but you can make them sound pretty good. I know, uh, I've heard of really good setup of VRSF downpipes and then the VRSF single midpipe, which essentially the stock midpipe on these is consists of two pipes, but the VRSF one makes it into one. And that get that get I can't even speak. <laughs> that gets rid of a bunch of the rasp that these have. Um and you don't even have to touch a rear muffler and it sounds really great. Yeah, when you run a single pipe it it helps so much with that raspy sound. And even though it's not a perfect sound, it sounds better than what it was and these things stock are so quiet. They're like vacuums. Oh, yeah. The only problem is, though, is parts for these are kind of expensive. Yeah, but they'll come down, like, as time goes on. I mean, these cars brand new were, like, you know, 65, 70, or probably around 60. But now you can get an M4 for, like, 35K. My friend Omar just got one for 35K. And it, I, I think it was, like, pretty low mileage. Um, and it had, like, Dean and parts on it and... It was a beautiful spec with a cloth interior uh, and Silverstone exterior. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can get them really cheap now, which is pretty awesome. Because I think a lot of the people that are into, like, the 335s, like E92 335s, are going to move on to either something with the B58 engine or upgrade to something like the M3 or M4. Mm-hmm. Just because they're becoming so affordable. Eventually, they're going to be under 30K, which is very impressive it's a lot of car for the money man especially in the used market and once the new generation comes out it's going to be it's going to be just a, a, a price decline and then everyone's gonna be buying these cars up like crazy yeah and the cool thing about them is they're reliable which a lot of these cars are not reliable like compared to the e92 uh m3 and the e92 335s these are way more reliable they have one main issue which is the crank hub but and that's just that's one it. thing yeah yeah well who knows we'll see parker this next one this is all you man Oh, yeah. Explain this car, your miles and everything. Okay. Okay, so it's a 2017 Dodge Viper GTC. It's out in Murrieta, which is actually pretty close. Uh, West Coast Exotic Cars is selling this. Shout out. Um, so 2017 was a last year production for the Dodge Viper. Um, and this one is production number five of number 10, uh, special edition GTC ACR Time Attack. Um, that's pretty interesting. This one only has 130 miles. Uh, obviously it has the 8.4 liter V10 that makes 645 horsepower. Um, they're only available in a six speed manual, how it should be. Be sick if it was in the dual clutch though. Imagine that thing. It would be insane. I've seen ones that run on the freeway with the air box where it's like the air shifter. Oh yeah. Insane. Yeah. The twin turbo. 2000 horsepower. Yeah. That's terrifying crazy yeah this is beautiful this is a orange over black 
um, GTC version, which is they commissioned it uh, by Woodhouse in 2017, and it's like one of the final editions. Orange over black looks like this is like equivalent to E92 Lime Rock. Pretty much the same thing, same color too. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. The interior still has all the plastic on it. Has all black interior, black wheels. Has a huge front splitter, canards up front, and like a 50 foot wing on the back, which is it's the ACR wing, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Color is called Lyrid Orange with TA black and orange interior. Last one to sell at Barrett Jackson was sold for two hundred and thirty thousand dollars, which is a pretty penny for these cars, especially since Expensive. they stopped making them. Yeah, yeah, but I get it. I get that because it's a final model. But eh. I think you can get these for like one forty, like slightly used, hmm. which is pretty good, especially since like if this is your dedicated track car, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, you're getting a lot of car. Uh, zero down, 60-month term at 3.9 APR. You're looking at 3700 a month for this car. <laughs> Jeez. For your, your dedicated track car that is a special edition. It's 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm sure these are fun. On they're, Well, they're definitely fun on the track, but I don't know how they are on the street. I've heard they're pretty, pretty rough and they're hard to drive. Extremely. I've driven a couple before, and these ones are not... These are not comfortable to drive. The driving position is off. Um, it's super low. The hood is like 50 feet long, but it's a driver's car. It's meant to be raw and tough. That's just how this car is. Yeah. So cool car though. It's Shout definitely out. a dream car of mine. You'll get one. Sure. You'll get one Someday soon. Someday I'll have one and we'll have twin turbo. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to finish off the podcast, Parker's drinking Lipton iced tea. He's been chugging it, man. He, uh, yep. they say some of the facts that the Lipton iced tea is a, it's a British brand of tea owned by Unilever. I don't know what this is. It's, it's like a parent company. Uh, Lipton was also a supermarket chain in the United Kingdom before it was sold to a different company to allow them to focus solely on making tea. The company is named after founder Thomas Lipton started in Glasgow, Glasgow, Glasgow. Scotland, Scotland, founded in 1890. That's 126 years ago. WTF? Wow. <laughs> I don't want to put WTF, man. <laughs> it sources all of its tea in a sustainable manner to uh, be non-detrimental to the environment. So it's saving the earth, save the turtles. Some time ago, a woman posted a video of them or of her opening up a tea bag and pointed out she found worms in her tea bag. Turns out they were small lemon flavor pieces. To prove her point, Lipton put the pieces in hot water and then disappeared. Whoa, that was close. Fa they say the facts say that Parker consumes between eleven to twenty-seven gallons of iced tea per year on average. You know, I've never even heard this fact, <laughs> but I think it's pretty accurate. It was on their website. Oh wow! So your choice is what iced tea, peach, or peach iced tea? Yeah, I always drink the uh, Lipton Diet Peach Ooh. Iced Tea. Um, it's definitely the best one. Uh, it has a little <laughs> bit of, has a little bit of caffeine. In it. it has twenty milligrams of caffeine. Which is nice, kind of wakes you up a little bit. Welcome to Parker's Tea Review on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we just gave him the whole history. You got to tell man. him what it tastes like. It's I like it. I I think Parker didn't we have a bunch when when you first moved in with me when we started the company and we had a bunch yeah. in my house. I've been drinking these forever, like, and I always forget about them because I I buy a pack of like you know twelve or whatever and I'll I'll drink them within like a week <laughs> and then I, and then I'll get over them and then like couple months later I'll, I'll buy them again but i just got a pack and re-upped they're so good can you finish off the podcast by reading this uh last little paragraph since 1880 yeah since 1880 nature has been our tea factory uh every cup of lipton tea is grown using natural rain wind and sunshine to help give you our signature rich taste and aroma 
What's more, we believe that every cup of our tea should not only help brighten your day, but help brighten your future of all of our tea farmers and their families, and of course, our planet too. Oh, what a good company, man. Wow. Been yeah. around for that long. I didn't even know they were that good, but... They have a nice uh, nice backstory, nice man. Job. You probably feel a little bit more... Uh, a little more bit blissful when you take a sip of that tea. Yeah, I'm going to go buy another pack. That, I like the company, man. They have like 180 products, and they say that 150 to 170 milligrams of flavonoids are included in their black tea. What is that? I don't know, but it says <laughs> it on their website. Whoa. Good old flavonoids. Just as hydrating as water. Wow. Wow. I mean, the, the benefits are insane. It helps nice your heart. little feature. They should be paying us. <laughs> Shout out to Lipton. Actually, I've been talking to uh, 3D. I DM them this morning, and they said they're going to send us two packs of 3D. Oh, wow. They got back to me. That's so awesome. thank you to 3D. Shout out to you guys. Christian you. Guzman, if you guys want to check out 3D Energy, we are not sponsored. We just love their drinks. Yep. Uh, I tried another company this morning, not going to talk about it, and it was absolutely terrible. So really? bad. It was, it was disgusting. I still want to try it. You, we got 10 of them in there, so... If anyone on the podcast wants a bad energy drink, just let me know and we'll send you one. <laughs> I'm not going to send you one. Uh, it's Friday, man. Parker, are you ready to play Call of Duty? We got 40 seconds left. Yeah, I think I'm going to talk to George. Maybe he wants to play with me. Shout out, George. George. Um, maybe Nate wants to play. I don't know. I've been playing a little bit trying to Who wants to smoke? My, increase my skills. Who so, wants to smoke from Parker? Yeah, if you want to play with me, I'm on Xbox. Uh, send me a DM on Instagram. Just so not everyone's blasting you. <laughs> yeah, I got a new headset too, so. He's ready to go. go. Well, that's it, guys. Uh, happy Friday. Enjoy the weekend. I hope everyone's healthy, safe. Uh, we're almost at the end of this whole crazy thing, so we hope that everyone gets back to normal soon. Um, subscribe, like, thumbs up, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Peace.